If you'll turn in your Bibles to 1 John 5, 4, and we're going to talk about several things related to the aspects of faith that will help you grow tonight. But I've learned something about faith personally, and I've learned it over time watching, and I've learned it through great men of God about how faith works. And I've noticed that there is a, uh, there is a, there is a, a, something that's common among everyone that's ever received anything from God. It is a common position, a common aspect of receiving from God. And so I could say this, and I feel like I can say this with clarity, and feel like I can say it without any reservation, that what I'm about to teach you tonight is something that has to be there, and has to be a part of your faith for you to get what God wants you to get. Somebody say amen. amen. And here's what 1 John 5, 4 says. Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory. Look at somebody and say, this is the victory. That overcomes the world. What is that victory? What is the victory that overcomes the world? It is our faith. Even our faith. Look at somebody and say, it's faith. Faith is what overcomes the world. Now I want you to think along this line that faith is the overcoming vehicle. Faith is that which overcomes in our life. Faith is that which overcomes the world. It is that which overcomes sin. It is that which overcomes for us. It is the vehicle, the transportation, the mechanism, the mechanics, the tool that we use to construct whatever it is we're going to construct. Even God himself constructed the worlds with words. Constructed with words. In other words, they went on to tell us that we're to have the God kind of faith. Look at somebody and say, you're supposed to have God's faith. You are supposed to have God's faith. God expects us to operate in the faith that he has. Or in the faith, the kind of faith that he has. His faith was words. His faith, his, his faith spoke and it came into existence. Or that's what we use to come and bring things into existence. And here's the thing. Tonight I want to talk, when I, as I begin to talk about this, I want you to think about this in terms of world-changing faith. Life-changing faith. This is, this is world changing. If you want to be a world changer, if you want to be a life changing experience, then what I'm going to teach you tonight is going to allow you to have life changing, world changing faith. Look at somebody and say world changer. World changer. And tell them you are, you are a world changer. World changer. You, are you are going to change, change your, life. your life. You're going to do it. There's a world that God wants us to become world changers. But I found out something. Listen to me. One thing is for absolute certain, in order for us to change the world, we have to change. You must first change for you to change the world. And that comes through Jesus Christ. We realize that those of us that have accepted Jesus Christ, and I'm assuming everyone in this room has done just that, received Christ. You have been changed. And I love this. We know that Peter was shaking in, in, in the upper room and he, was, he wasn't much of an effectiveness. He had no effectiveness until the Holy Ghost came on him and the power of God came on him. And he left that room empowered by the Holy Ghost. And he was this timid, scared, afraid person. But when he left that room, he came out with power. The Bible even says that Jesus, when he was empowered by the Holy Spirit, came back with that power and changed the world. So you cannot give what you do not have. Somebody say amen. What you do not have, you cannot give. And so if we're going to experience the greatness and the fullness of God, we have got to have faith. 
And here's the thing about faith that you have to realize. If your faith has no proofs, then it is not faith. If your faith has no proofs, then it is not faith. Let me say it one more time. If there, because faith is the evidence, isn't it? Faith is the evidence. And so if you have no evidence, if there's no fruit, it be, it's because there's no root. And if faith has no root, then there will never be any fruit. Somebody say amen. amen. You have to have proofs connected to your faith. And without those proofs, then there isn't, it isn't faith. I remember I was, I, I, I struggle with this because I remember years ago my father had gotten ill. And while he was in the hospital, he had, he, I remember uh, days of walking uh, the uh, corridors of the hospital in Columbia. We were at the Veterans Hospital there, or one of the hospitals, I can't, maybe it was Richland. And we were over there walking. I walked those, he was in the emergency room hooked up to ventilators, and, and I was <clears throat> walking the halls and storming the halls. And, and at that time, I really believed that I was in faith. And I stood strong on the fact that I was in faith. And so I remember after my father passed, because I, this was the first experience of, 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 of a, a death like that in my family. And I remember I went to my pastor and I said, Pastor, I, I believe I was in faith. And he shook his head. And this is what he said to me, and I love it. He said, Steve, if you were in faith, he'd still be here. If there's no proofs, if there's no evidence, then you were not in faith. Faith has to have proofs. It has to have things that happen with it. And as we, as we look through faith and as we look through our lives, we need to look at the moments when we received and we need to look at the moments when we did not receive because in those moments, at those times, there is a distinct difference in what we received and how we received it. And there is a distinct difference when we didn't receive, receive from the Lord. How many know that's right? If you really look at it and you'll give it a fair evaluation, you will realize that something was wrong with your faith. There was a corruption to your faith. There was, an, uh, there was a lack somewhere in your faith when you did not receive. Now, in the case of my father, I can tell you where the lack was. He didn't want to live. Had nothing to do with my faith, but his faith was not there. He was ready to go home to be with the Lord. Well, you can't get past somebody's will. Somebody say amen. And in this case, I couldn't manipulate him. Had I been able to get him over in the realm of faith, had I been able to get him to a point of belief, had he been able to have, have faith himself, then, then yes, we would have been there. But I remember him tugging on the, on the lines, trying to go ahead and end this thing. I don't want these things in my mind. And I was fighting his faith. So my faith wasn't intact because faith didn't work because it wasn't really faith. And if you'll look, you'll see there are these moments where there have been things that have happened that did not conclude the way you had expected them to conclude. And sometimes we look and we think that we've had a faith failure. The reality is, is that faith wasn't actually there to begin with. Somebody ought to say amen on that. Because if it's there, how many know faith will always be answered? How many know that? If you have the faith as a grain of mustard seed, you'll say, you'll say. The Bible said, we can say unto the mountain, be thou removed, plucked up, and cast into the sea. Shall not doubt in our heart, but believe the things that we say shall come to pass. We'll have whatever we say. Somebody look at somebody and say, all you got to do is say it. And it only takes a grain of mustard seed. It only takes a grain of the size of a, a grain of mustard seed. So, so, so if we have that, then the answers will come. God has answers for us. God will give us the desires of our heart. And so, if it lacks proofs, then it isn't faith. 
If your faith lacks evidence or proof, then it isn't genuine faith. And without proof, it's just theoretical or head faith. My pastor said to me, Steve, you were in emotions, and you had a lot of emotion, and you were emotional, but you weren't in faith. I struggled with that for a little while, but I've come to realize he was absolutely right. I was charging those halls and working myself up, and I had all kinds of energy. But you know, I found something with faith. Faith is a very restful thing. I mean, no, when you're really in faith, there is a knowing. There's a knowing that comes on the inside of you that words cannot even explain. There's an understanding that comes to you. And the Bible says that it is our faith that overcomes the world. Faith is constant. It isn't varying. It doesn't waver. It is, it is, it is pure. I, I love the scripture that says, the, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. Now, if we looked at that scripture, let's just look at that while we're thinking about that. While we're on that topic, turn over because that scripture is found in Matthew, or Matthew 11, 12. Here's what it says. In the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of, of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. There is an element that must be in your faith for you to receive from God. There is something that has to be there. And this is that element. This is that, that missing uh, key to faith's activity is this this idea of the kingdom of heaven suffers violence but the violent take it by force and when I explain this to you it's going to make a lot more sense this is old English this was Shakespearean English and this is where we're, the Bible was written at a time when, when these words were used a little differently and so listen to what it really says, and let me give you a literal interpretation. Here's the literal interpretation of Matthew eleven twelve, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven allows forceful aggression. The kingdom of heaven allows forceful aggression. Bulldog tenacity. Tenaciousness. Fierceness, angered relation. The kingdom of heaven allows a fierce aggression or forceful aggression, and the forceful establish it by aggression. The forceful establish it by aggression. In other words, there should be a fierceness and a violence. Not the violence that we would think of in the street with a thug, but a violence that gets angry to the point that it receives what it demands out of faith. There's a violence to faith. There is a, a point where it's a demand or a forcefulness or a tenacity or a fierceness or a rigidness or a, 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 a demand is placed that isn't just a casual demand. But something that is, that is violently purposeful. That, and the, so the kingdom of God allows. Allow, listen, let me give you some other versions. This is the New International Version. From the days of John the Baptist until now. The kingdom of heaven has been forcibly achieving and advancing. And forceful men lay hold on it and lead it. Forceful men lay hold on it and lead it. Listen to the New Living 
This is what it says. And, the, and, and it says, the kingdom of heaven has been forcibly advancing and violent people are attacking it. People with, 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 with a, an agenda, with a serious commitment, a tenaciousness are advancing the kingdom in their life. It didn't just talking about advancing the kingdom of God on the earth, but in our lives. It's the kind of thing that says you, you are going to get it no matter what. That if you've got to, I mean, just think about the violent feeling that has to come for you to be forcefully, aggressively attacking on the, and going forward with God. Going after whatever it is that you want. This is not passivity. This is not a head experience. This is not theoretical. This is not religious. As a matter of fact, we need to get rid of religious faith. We need to leave theoretical faith. The three steps to this and the five steps to this. When faith is in existence, and when we get into faith, and we come to a point of faith, there is something on the inside that not, cannot be denied. It isn't an emotion, but it comes from a deeper place. A place that is in your heart. It is not head faith. But it is heart faith. Look at somebody and say, you got to have heart faith. Listen to another translation. The kingdom of heaven allows forcible aggression. And only forcible men can establish it. And only by being aggressive. Listen to another translation. From the time of John the Baptist till now. People try hard to break into the kingdom of heaven. And strong people are the ones who take it. Strong people are the ones who take it. Now, thank God, because when I'm weak, then am I strong. And in my weakness, if I'll turn it over to him, I'm a strong man. But there can't be a passivity. There can't be a calmness. There won't be a, uh, now there will be a restfulness. There will be a peace. But there won't be a que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. And a uh, let it happen type mentality. No, if you know God and you know God's word and you know what God said and you don't have it, then you have to have something on the inside of you that says, I ain't taking this no more. Somebody shout out amen. Amen. See, there's a difference. I've seen people tell me they're in faith, and then they just kind of go about it with motions and just sort of go forward without really having that, that tenacity and that, that undeniability and that unflappableness and that un, un, unvarying and un, unwavering faith. That's why the Bible talked about being a wavering faith. See, if your faith can be one way today and one way tomorrow, then it isn't faith. It lacks the proofs. That it is really faith. Because real faith, it won't vary. Real faith will look out at a mountain and say, Give me that mountain. When Caleb crossed over the Jordan, he said, Give me that mountain. Somebody say amen. amen. It's the kind of faith that when the room is full and no one can get in, that they break open the roof. The Bible says that Jesus looked and said that he saw their faith. So tenaciousness and this kind of faith, the violent faith, the, the faith that is, is required for us to receive from God, and that, is, that it does, does not, an unaccepting faith. You have to understand, when you're really in faith, you don't accept just everything. 
You don't accept just every answer or any answer. You don't accept just whatever happens and then just try to proclaim that as God. As if, well, God knows best. No, He gave you His Word. He already told you what's best. Then you are to declare and decree and desire and discern what is the best that God has for you and stand for only that thing. Somebody say amen. So we have to stand with aggression. We have to stand fierce and fiery. As a matter of fact, not only that, but we know this is true. There must be a fight. Faith requires us to have a fight. The Bible says that we fight the good fight of faith. Look at somebody and say, you better be scrappy. Faith has put up its dukes. Faith has put on its gloves. And faith is ready to do battle over what belongs to the person who is in faith. And if you're not willing to put up a fight, then if you won't fight, you will never win. If you won't go to war, you will never conquer. Somebody ought to shout out amen. But if you'll go to war and fight the good fight of faith, you can win every time. I love something one great man said. He said, if, we could, if the devil gets us over into the realm of reason, we will lose every time. If we can be pulled to the realm of reason and into the realm of the natural and pulled over into an area of our mind and let the devil take over and hit us with our emotions and the things that we taste, touch, feel, see, hear, and smell, then we're going to lose. Because faith is not in the natural and it will never be in the sense realm. Faith is in the spirit and it is in the supernatural realm. And to overcome, we've got to take the devil and pull him into the arena of faith. And if we pull him into the arena of faith, we will win every time. Look at somebody and say, I'm a winner, not a wiener. Glory to God. High five somebody in this room. Say amen. Faith is not just a conversation. It's not just a conversation we're having. Faith is, is, is how we lay hold on eternal life. You and I are commissioned and we are ordained to fight. We have been commissioned by God and ordained to fight the good fight of faith. When the things come and the troubles come and it looks like you're losing... You may have to fight again. Some battles have to be fought more than once to win. Because if you can be knocked down and you'll give up, well then you just better chuck it in. I found out in my faith walk with God, there have been times I've been knocked down multiple times. There have been times when I stood there and waited for the answer to happen this week. And it didn't come. And I waited till next week. And it didn't come. And I had to wait till the next week. And it didn't come. And then I waited till the next week. And it didn't come. But if I don't let the last week stop me, the week next might have been the one that changed everything. Don't you let last week be the determinant of your next week. Glory to God. Next week. Next tomorrow. In the next hour. In the next half an hour. You may be sitting there and say, I don't know how we're going to do it, honey. But remember this, you might be in financial challenge. You may, listen, I've, I've often said to my wife, hey baby, we're only a $50,000 check away from a miracle. 
kind of faith we got to have. The kind of faith that says, I cannot be denied. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Amen. God is the one who made the, made the stars and the moon and, the, and, and made all this work. And my faith is God faith. God said he spoke it into existence. And bless God, I can speak it into existence. I better put up my dukes and get ready for 15 rounds. And if it goes 16, I'm still in the ring. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? There's got to be a violence. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. There has to be a fierceness and a violent aggressiveness to you in your faith. No, not the kind of violence we know in the world, but something inside of you, an eruption. There has to be an eruption of faith. It's like a volcanic eruption and it cannot be quenched. The fire of which will change and transform your world changer, your life. Somebody say amen. amen. Without waging war, you will never conquer. And there will never be a prize if you don't run the race. If you take a fight, if you take on the fight of faith, you'll live a life of triumph. There's a kind of faith that is resolute and tenacious. A faith that won't let go until the desired results are obtained. Are you, you are supposed to operate as more than a conqueror in your world of conflict. These are great quotes. I might write them down if I were you. I might type them on my iPad. You are supposed to operate as more than a conqueror in the world of conflict. You are supposed to operate as more than a conqueror in this world of conflict. I still remember there was a commercial recently and it showed, it, it showed Mike Tyson walking up to the door of Evander Holyfield and inside the little box was his ear. Did anybody see this little story? Well, when I was young and I was in college, I remember this. It was, it was, uh, I was in school and we all rented the, uh, the uh, boxing championship that night with Holyfield and, and Tyson. And I remember going into that, to that room, watching that fight, and, and all of a sudden, it was like Tyson just went nuts and, and, and leans over and bites off Evander Holyfield's ear. Well, I mean, I can't imagine what it was like to go home that night as, as Evander Holyfield, uh, but he left that room, uh, that, that ring beaten and bruised without an ear, bloody. I mean, can you imagine, and you walking in the front door of your house, but he was a conqueror. In that ring, I remember the referee raised his hands. He was the victor. He was the conqueror. Somebody say amen. amen. When he walked to the front door of his house with his $67 million check. I think you can bite off mayor for $67 million. I'll let you bite right now. You just take a dip right now. When he walked into that house and his wife didn't ever get in the ring, she never one time put on the gloves, she still had her ear, there was no bruising, no blood, and he handed her the $67 million check to put in the bank. She was more than a conqueror. And God has called us to experience a life, a, a life filled with conflict to be conquerors in this life of conflict. And something has to rise up inside of us as believers. And, and yes, th there may be a beating. There may be times when we're rock'em, sock'em and knock down. 
Amen. Somebody say amen. But you've got to get back up. You've got to get back up. You've got to get back up. Don't let the count go to 10. Get up. Get up off the mat. Stand up. Pull your straps up. And say, I may take a beating right now, but I'm going to get a victory in the end. I'm going to overcome because this is the victory that over... Shout! Somebody say amen. This is the victory that overcomes the world. It is my faith. Got faith. I've got faith. You are to become an agent of change and an agent of deliverance for you and everybody around you. That's what God called you to do. When we look at those who have received in the Bible, when we look at the different things, we can see there was a fierceness. There was an aggression and a forcefulness to them. The men, as I said, who opened the roof and let down the man. Zacchaeus, who got in a tree. The woman with the issue of blood, who was weak. Think of her fierceness. Think of her tenaciousness. Think of her violence. This word violence, her violence that she pushed her way through the crowd as a weak person. Sick for years. What did it take for her to receive her healing? She had heard about Jesus. She had done all that she could and grown none the better. But when she had heard about Jesus, she pressed through the crowd. She pressed through indifference and dignity. She pressed through all of those things. She pressed through the very disciples telling her not to come to Jesus. And yet she pressed through. There will be a press through. How many know there will always be a river to cross? There will always be a giant to fight. Oh, come on. Somebody say amen to that. If you think because you got saved, you are through fighting, then you missed the word altogether. Baby, you just got in the fight. You just got in the moment because God has more for us than the world does. God has called us to reign and rule with Him. He has called us to live in a higher place and not to be satisfied with the status quo and with the elements that we already are in. We're not to be satisfied. There's to be a dissatisfaction in us for more of God and for more of the things of God and for more that God would have us to have. Amen. God wants us to lead in our world. God wants us to show Him in our world. God wants us to reign over our situation. Not our situation over us. Look at somebody and say, I'm a world changer. What about Caleb? What about Daniel in the lion's den? What about the fiery furnace? Somebody say, what about the Red Sea? What about the fire that licked up the water and the sacrifice? There will always be a violence to faith. A force, a fierceness, an aggression, a tenaciousness. Look at somebody and say, I got bulldog faith. Anybody ever had a dog like that? And you had a bone. And you gave that dog the bone, maybe a ham bone. Have you ever tried to take that bone away? My little, I got three little dogs now, and one of them, Cash, is the pack leader. It's pretty obvious. And if floor, if, you know, food sometimes slips on the floor accidentally by the kids. <laughs> accidentally, you know. And it'll slide on the floor. 
Well, he'll sit there for hours and guard that food. And if any of the other, it's kind of comical. I do this. I know this is sort of like torture, but I just want to watch him do it. It's terrible, isn't it? But he'll sit there. He'll crouch down. And he'll just look at that, not take his eye. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? He won't take his eye off that food. He don't even have to look to see if either of the two dogs are coming. If he hears them or smells them. Let one of them dogs head toward that food. And he will. Uh, Does anybody know? I mean, he ain't letting go. He has purposed. This is mine and ain't nobody going to get it. That is the way faith should be in us. There should be a, a forwardness to us and, 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 and a dedication and a commitment. Our eyes have to be single. They have to be purposeful. And what we do, I think of the hour, literally the hours he will sit, a plate sitting on the side of a, a table, and he'll sit there. That's his. If we walk out of the house, he's getting it. We might have the only dog in the world like that. No, that's not true. I saw a picture this morning. I, Brother AJ showed me his wife, their little dog during this ice storm. Y'all listen to this story. Their little dog during the, I thought there was the greatest picture. This, this dog got out, gotten cold, got wet, came in the house. She put him on the couch, gave him a pillow. He had a space heater and a heating pad. We love our animals. I think you guys can relate. Can't you relate? Can you relate to what I'm talking about? That faith is tenacious. Faith is bulldog. Faith doesn't let go. Faith holds on to what it, what it received, what is it, what it belongs, what belongs to it. It has aggressiveness to it. It is fierce. It's a force. Somebody say amen. amen. It is a force. And we see that those who receive from God in the word, they took it violently. They took it violently. They took hold and laid hold on it. And they wouldn't let it go. They held on. And listen to me, there is no way, there is no way that God will turn his back on tenacious, unyielding, unbreakable, fortified, bulldogish, bold, uncompromising, fierce, forceful, aggressive, violent faith. There is no way that God will turn his back on that.